You're listening to episode 122 of the Writing Life podcast from the National Centre for Writing, a weekly podcast for anyone who writes. I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Vicky Maitland. And it is the 12th of November 2020 here in Norwich as this episode is going out. Welcome back, Vicky. Hi, Simon. Long time no chat. I know. I know. This is very exciting. You've been on multiple times in one month. I know. Unheard of. Unprecedented. Exactly. So what are you reading at the moment? I haven't asked you this. Um, no, so at the moment, I am uh, reading a couple of things, actually. Um, I am finishing off uh, The Devil and the Dark Water by Stuart Turton, which I started reading ahead of a chat I had with uh, Stuart for the podcast. Coming soon. Yeah, which I'm sure will be coming soon. And so I was about halfway through that book when I uh, recorded the chat with Stuart. And so um, I'm very, very keen to finish it off. Um, it's very good. And I'm also reading Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. It's my first ever foray into Stephen King. It's for my book club that I do with some friends. Um, and I'm a little bit apprehensive because I'm not particularly good with horror. And apparently this was the first book that Stephen King wrote that when he finished it, he put it in a drawer for a bit and thought, maybe I've gone too far with this one. <laughs> so I've only read probably the first 10 chapters or so. And I've already got kind of the beginnings of the sense of foreboding. I'm not sure if that is Stephen King's excellent writing or if that is because I'm just very, very afraid of what might be coming next. Yeah, the reputation is making you worried aside from the actual writing itself. Yeah, yeah. So I'm quite uh, quite nervous about what's going to happen. Yeah, as if 2020 wasn't already putting us on edge enough as it was. I know, I just thought I'd double up on that with some um, some creepy content. What about you, Simon? What are you reading? Uh, well, I just thought I'd say I think Steph would approve of your choices there. But yeah, I'm reading something called Blood, Sweat and Pixels at the moment by Jason Schreier, which is a kind of investigation of how computer games are made. Uh, Jason Schreier is a, an investigative journalist who specialises in the video game world and tends to cover it from a quite a different angle to the usual gaming press stuff. So he really gets into the background of how studios tick and union issues and workers being unfairly treated at studios and that kind of thing. Um, mm. So yeah, it's it's kind of looking at the industry of video games rather than uh, the kind of consumer end, I suppose. And uh, that was a lovely book that was given to me by the National Centre for Writing for my birthday a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, thoroughly enjoying getting through that. Fantastic. Related. Happy birthday, Simon. Thank you very much. <laughs> Something else I wanted to talk about was uh, our Discord chat, which is having a lovely week at the moment. We've had some really great chatter on there with people trying to figure out what to name their characters, how to structure their book and what kind of narrative perspective to to take in their work. Uh, it's proving to be a really fertile ground for people to kind of exchange ideas and and use as a kind of sounding board as they're writing. Um, Flo's obviously very busy running the various write-in sessions and the book club there as well. But yeah, anyone who hasn't checked it out, I really recommend if you're a reader or a writer heading over there and getting involved. You can find a link over on the website or down in the show notes for this episode. It does seem to have been more active on the Discord uh, since NaNoWriMo has started. I've noticed, I think people are kind of using it a bit to chat about their work in progress over the month of November in particular. Yeah, I think everyone's just got writing on the brain at the moment and probably depending on where you live in the world as well, there's various lockdowns have kicked back in again. So we're all kind of stuck yet again at home 
at our desks in front of computers. Uh, so it's kind of a, a good opportunity to get some words down. It may be, uh, maybe Boris was actually aware of NaNoWriMo and thought, you know what, let's keep everyone inside in November and make sure people actually write books. Yeah, I'm not sure that's a conspiracy theory we want to start spreading, but yeah, if that's the end result, then all good. <laughs> so uh, on the podcast today, we are talking to Sally Ann Lomas, the writer of debut Live Like Your Heads on Fire, which is a new YA middle grade fiction book, and also Sam Ruddock, formerly of this parish, who has been on the podcast a few times. We've worked extensively with Sam, um, but he's also part of Gatehouse Press, who are publishing Sally Ann's book. So we're kind of talking to Sally Ann about the experience of writing her book and also talking to Sam about the more publishing end of how it came to be. And Sally Ann is a alumni of our Escalator program, which is our talent development scheme that we've run for many years. And Timing-wise, we actually just had the Escalator showcase this morning as this episode is going out, um, showcasing another six writers. Uh, It's always very exciting to see who comes out and then keep track of these writers that we've kind of nurtured for a year and see what happens to them as the years go by and their their writing continues. Yeah, and there have been some fantastic writers to come off the back of that scheme. Uh, In particular, the other week, I was very lucky to have a chat with uh, Michael Donkor, who was on the scheme when it was in a slightly different guise, but since went on to write uh, the Desmond Elliott shortlisted novel Hold, which was uh, his debut uh, that he was working on during the Escalator scheme. Yes, we had Michael on the podcast for one of the early career writers packs talking about character, I believe. Um, I'll put a link to that episode down in the notes as well, because yeah, Michael was great to talk to about all that kind of stuff and very very willing to share his techniques and approach. Yeah, and he's mentoring on this year's uh, Escalator Scheme as well. So it's been a nice kind of full circle of his involvement with the scheme. Absolutely. Uh, Something to note is that we've had six writers go through the scheme this year. Uh, Ordinarily, we have 10 writers. That's what we aim for, but the funding couldn't quite stretch to that. So we've actually kicked off a fundraising campaign for next year's Escalator. You can find out details about that over on the website. And if you'd like to help us connect with more writers and provide more opportunities to these early career and upcoming talents, then do check it out. Right, so let's hand over to Sarah Bauer, who is asking the questions and talking to Sally-Ann Lomas and Sam Ruddock. Welcome to Sally-Ann Lomas, author of the soon-to-be-published Live Like Your Head's on Fire for Young Adults, and Sam Ruddock of Gatehouse Press. Salian's publishers and we wanted to chat today really focus the conversation on Salian your journey from having been an alumna of our escalator scheme to this great publishing deal with Gatehouse I wonder if you could maybe begin by talking to me a little bit about the writing of this book and how that might connect back to your experience of being mentored on escalator yes sure um It has been a a long journey to um, publication Um, and um, Escalator and the Writers' Centre have played a a very key role in in that. I don't really want to, I don't want to bore people, but it, it started quite a long time ago because I actually, I had an agent who sent out the book um, and I had some interest in the book, like Penguin, thought they liked it, but in the end didn't go with it. 
And then my then agent, um, I asked him what was going to happen once the book had gone out and been around um, different, all the major publications. And he said, well, that was it. And that he was interested in another book from me. Now, many people at this point <laughs> would have given up and um, written another book. And who knows? Um, but, but I kind of felt like my story, Live Like Your Head's on Fire, is all about Penn, um, the character who wants to be um, a writer, not giving up. And somehow I kind of felt that I, I couldn't really give up on Penn. So I um, applied for the escalator scheme at this point, um, thinking that, you know, that Penguin had said that they liked the characters, they liked the writing. Um, and I was delighted to get on the escalator scheme and to work with mentor Yvette Edwards to, to try and fix those problems. Excellent. It's a really interesting account of the experience that I think a lot of writers have. And it's very encouraging to know that you, you know, that you didn't give up, that you stuck with it and that you believed in it and you believed in your character. And also, I think I might bring Sam in here because what this raises for me, and it's actually something that's very close to my heart in the, in, in the present publishing age, is the rising importance of small presses who will deal directly with writers. Um, and I, Sam, I wonder if you have any comment to make about that and the place of the small press, you know, because they're increasingly winning prizes and publishing very prestigious books and attracting big name authors. And I just wonder, you know, if you've got any comment on that and the state of the publishing world and what the place of these, these small independent presses is now. So I, I, I agree. I think there's some real difficulties with the industry. Um, and the publishing industry at the moment, I, and probably for decades and decades in the past. It's a situation where great writing so rarely finds its way to readers. I think publishers do a, do a really good job in lots of ways and work tirelessly and are committed and focused to on, on supporting good writing. But there are loads of people writing loads of good books, and so it's tough for them. There are so many decisions that then come between editor likes book and publication in terms of does it fit with our brand? Does it fit with the types of books we're publishing this year? Does it um, does this author fit into the type of image we're trying to present? Do we think that they will um, be a great ambassador for the book um, and get around to all of the festivals? Do we have another book that we've already bought, which is similar in either tone character plot or structure all of these questions get in the way of what in a perfect world would be a lovely simple decision is this book good should it find its way to readers okay then we'll publish it and what the privilege of a small publisher is is that you can do that you have so many fewer of those gatekeepers um or not gatekeepers is such a loaded word but so many of those other people putting their their oar in which can, which often makes you know huge publishers very successful, is having that really structured thought through process. But what small publishers can do is go, okay, I really like this book. I think it's a story that I enjoy reading. It's got incredibly strong characters. It's got an important plot that tackles and reflects on really really significant themes. Um, in Sally Ann's case, you know, around um, mental health, around how you discover yourself when you're growing up, how you distinguish yourself from the crowd as a teenager and how you can trust yourself 
to to go a different way and go your own way whether you can let yourself go or whether you have to keep yourself controlled and and narrowly um existing in the in the path of what's allowed socially you know it's a beautiful story and what publisher like gatehouse can do is just go i love that story i want to publish it we're going to go out and and release it and and it's very rare that a book falls across a publisher's lap in quite such a you know finished state it needed so little editing you know the 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 work that sally ann had done with with yvette edwards with her um agent and with all the other people who have had a look at the book um you know had all contributed to it being in my opinion a perfect manuscript that was 98 percent ready to go we've made a couple of minor changes i've now read the book four times every time i've read it and every time i've loved it and i can't wait to share it with other readers wow that's praise indeed so sally ann um when you recovered from sam's hyperbole here which is obviously i know i'm, I'm there's a you could see a grin on my face it's huge <laughs> very passionate about the book um, could you tell us a little bit about how you felt when you finally found a publisher who got what you were doing and wanted to get behind you oh well it it's it, it was a it was wonderful i have to say that you know that sam um heard me read a couple of chapters um at a, at a, a live reading that we'd done with local readings for the wellness um and well-being week last yep. year um and i put together an evening of of readers local readers east anglian based um with work that dealt with issues of mental health and wellness and well-being and when Sam, after those readings, said that he would like to read the manuscript for Gatehouse, I mean, it was just like my heart broke open. I thought, you know, I've been trying to get people to, to, to look at this manuscript and here's somebody coming up to me and saying, I would love to read your book. It was just amazing. Um, and um, But even so, it was still nerve-wracking to send it to him. And I think, you know, it took a several months before I heard back from from Sam but it was so nice to know it was going to a person whose face I recognized and mm -hmm. who, who who was um not a nameless name but but somebody that I'd spoken to and who, who who'd met me and knew me and then absolutely wonderful um and very exciting when he got back and said that Gatehouse would like to publish the novel and and really I I had become quite despairing I felt so strongly in my heart that this was a complete manuscript and that I'd worked and worked on it. And, and all the feedback I'd had from readers, particularly young readers, was that they loved it and they couldn't put it down. And, you know, people I didn't even know were reading it in a week and getting back to me saying, when's the next one coming out? So I kind of felt like if only I could get it to somebody that I felt that readers would enjoy it. But... Yeah. Um, it felt so frustrating that process so it was wonderful when Sam said that he would take it on because I thought you know even if we can't read reach an enormous amount of readers we will be able to read to, to get the manuscript out to some readers which which will be wonderful. May, may I ask where you found these beta readers the young people who were reading it for you before um, it, it, it found a publisher were, were you using a, a website or 
No, I, I literally, um, one, one of them, I walked down the street and, and it was a neighbor, um, somebody who um, I've, I barely knew, but who um, was telling me that her daughter was a very keen reader. So I asked her, so basically all through word of mouth, through finding teenagers. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's really great because I think that that's the kind of thing, I think one of the hardest things for early career writers like um, the Escalator Mentees is having that that conviction to show your work to people. Um, it, you know, it's one thing to show it to a mentor in that sort of private bubble, but to have that conviction, to be able to say, yes, I believe in this, and I am going to suggest that my neighbour's daughter reads or son reads this, um, you know, as if it were a book. I think that's a huge um, hurdle for a beginning writer to get over. And it's really lovely to hear that you managed to do that and that ultimately it's had such positive results. Yes, it was quite nerve wracking because you know that teenagers and, you know, particularly if they've not invested in you at all, you're going to get quite a truthful answer. (laughs) (laughs) And and also it's quite daunting to hand over to a young person. Um, So I did think about it quite hard because, you know, they're getting a file of a manuscript. They're not getting a published book. I did talk to to one of my young readers and, and she said that, you know, she it had taken a few days to face it because the file had come in and it looked like schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> but that when she started reading the story, then she forgot about it. You know, you know, she, she got into it. But it is that sense that you're asking somebody when you're asking somebody to be a beta reader that they're not getting a book in any normal sense. So it's quite a big thing for them, I think. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it, it was great that she took it on and that she obviously really enjoyed it. Um, but yes, I think it can be, um, if you sort of accost a, a beta reader and say, will you read this for me? Maybe they don't quite know how that you want them to read it. And, and, and I think that I, I, I did work to, to give quite instructions about, you know, not allowing them to, if they got bored with it, not to worry about it, not to feel too much responsibility, not to feel pressurised uh, and to be very free about it. Um, so, so yes, I think, I think it did take quite a lot of courage on my part to, and, and thought to create the right circumstances in which I, I put the book out to those younger readers. Yes, I, I don't doubt it. I'm, I'm full of admiration for that. I think it's terrific. So... Um, this is really a question for both of you, I suppose, but maybe I'll, I'll start with Sam. So now that you have accepted the book for publication, uh, talking to a group of writers who, who are not yet published, what happens next? So I can only really speak to what happens with Gatehouse. Sure. Um, we pride ourselves as a, as Gatehouse is a local Norwich publisher, um, founded for about the last 15 years, founded by um, Tom Corbett and now run by a um a three-person directorial team of myself andrew mcdonnell and julia webb and i focus on the pros so essentially we have a really straightforward approach in that we once we identify a book that we want to publish we will publish it um we agree between ourselves that we trust each other's editorial eye and then we work with the writer to to try to develop the book the thing that I love most about it, that's the period that I love the most when you're focused on the text, when you're diving into the story and you're exploring how it can be and any challenges, you know, I'm talking to Sally Ann about 
what she's feeling confident with, whether there are any things that she's struggling with um, or things could be improved. Um, we're talking about the key message that, or the key kind of thing takeaway that sh she wants the reader to take away and making sure that it all delivers to that as, uh, in, as, in as direct and as effective a way as possible. We're doing a copy edit. So looking at just very basics of sentence by sentence, does this make sense? Is this adjective working? Um, is this punctuation style working? To be honest, all of this in this case has actually been a pretty straightforward and minor process, but we're really finalizing the manuscript. And once we've got the manuscript ready, we then look at the publicity. So the thing I love about this work is that, you know, you really are starting from manuscripts on that feeling of getting through a computer file, which yet yeah, even I, you know, have to be in the right frame of mind and have to steal myself to, to, to embrace reading a manuscript as opposed to a book. It's a different process, but we're taking it from that point all the way through to this physical book that we'll have in our hands. We'll be able to put in the hands of readers and we'll be able to take around to events and say, here, this book's great. You'll really like it. Um, so currently we're in the editorial phase. Next, we'll be looking at the publicity phase. Sally and I are also working on, yeah, a wider strategy around publicity gatehouse press is a small publisher so we don't have the access to the massive distribution networks of of mainstream publishers which is both a benefit and a, and a drawback in that we can work a lot quicker you know we finally agreed to publish this book i think probably in may this year and it'll come out next february um, we don't have long year-long lead times um, or anything like that so we can get the book to readers quite quickly um, and we're sort of right in that many shiai of of uh, currently just of finalizing the manuscript though is 90 is is there basically and next we'll be looking at um jacket design and publicity and getting all of those things in place so that when it comes out early next year um it's in a place to really to really reach readers as quickly and easily as possible okay so sally Ann, do you have strong views about cover design i know most authors do <laughs> Yes, well, I, I, Sam and I have been talking about that. I, I had um, a, a one image that Sam immediately dismissed. Um, I, I took his advice on that, but on, but I'd also done a kind of um, a sort of a, 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 a covered, uh, you know, a kind of printout myself of the um, a, to go with my manuscript, which Sam quite liked. So I think that might be a starting point. Excellent. Good. I'm glad you've managed to come to an agreement. And um, Sam, you talked about a publicity strategy. Um, Sally, Ann, can I ask you what kind of things you and Sam have been talking about doing uh, in terms of promoting the book when it does come out? Yes. Yeah, so um, as well as being part of Gatehouse Press, I also have a, I struggle to call it a company, but I, 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 I wear a hat of Story Machine Productions, which produces live shows and tries to bring books alive in experiences and ways that help you really dive into a book and we're talking about how we can create a, a show a, a set a suite of digital resources that combine the the prose along with the dance themes of the book you know in the book pen is a dancer um she finds well she's not a dancer at the start she's a teenager um just going to school and she finds freedom in dance and so looking at how we can use dance as a medium to, to celebrate and share this book publicly. So we're looking at creating a film, creating a way for audiences to contribute to that film. So we will choreograph a dance routine for probably a, a short extract of the book that will become a publicity film. 
probably readers will be able to contribute to that in the sort of TikTok style of, of do it yourself dance. And then we're developing a series of workshops that explore movement and writing um, so that for writers, writers can explore how being in their body and moving young writers, this is, mm-hmm. might help them open up different languages and lexicons for their writing and different approaches to the writing, which was actually part of Sally Ann's journey in writing the book was exploring this in depth. And so the people who are already dancers or people who are quite comfortable in their body can look at how they can verbalize or put down on paper that experience of that physical experience. And so we're, gonna, we're developing some workshops um, that will be publicity workshops, but also useful experiences for, for people. So all of that's kind of coming together. So I suppose I just wanted to to kind of my heartfelt thought to escalator writers is is just not to give up and to keep going. And also, you know, my gratitude to organisations like the Writers Centre for creating the kind of environment where writers can feel supported and encouraged to go on and to um, small local presses like Gatehouse for their encouragement. And I think there's an and something very important about that kind of local regional support, um, which, which I believe in very strongly. And, and I feel incredibly excited that, that my book is going to be published as a, you know, in a regional context, um, because that, that's where I've grown as a writer. That's lovely. I, I think that's, that's a really um, fantastic positive note on which to end the conversation um particularly that which says don't give up I think I mean as a writer myself I'd endorse that you know you keep going you don't give up um and hopefully you get there in the end as, as you have done Salian with with um Sam's editorial wisdom and help so thank you very much both of you Sam Ruddock from Gatehouse Press and Sally Ann Lomas author of Live Like Your Head's on Fire which will be published by Gatehouse next February thank you so much for your time speak again soon I hope thank you thanks for listening and thanks to Sarah Bale for asking questions and Sam Ruddock and Sally Ann Lomas for talking on today's podcast if you have questions or want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Writers Centre. You can check out our Facebook page and you can find out about everything we do over at nationalcentreforwriting.org.uk where you can also sign up to our weekly newsletter. And if you want to join in with our amazing Discord community, you can do that by clicking the link down in the show notes or following the link over on the website. Please do rate, review and subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app if you get the chance because it helps other people to find us. Thanks again. Keep writing and we'll catch you on the next episode.